0: This is a Dynamic Network Podcast.
1: Good afternoon, good afternoon. Welcome to a very special episode of Max Destruction. I, Ken, am here on location in beautiful Illinois. That's right, folks. I am away from my foxhole up in Wisconsin down to bring the truth and the light of this podcast to the lesser folks down here in Illinois. And with me, as always, is my intrepid co-host, Dustin. Oh, man, that makes me feel like Clark Kent or
0: Superman. Uh-uh. I, am a, I am an intrepid
1: host. Yes, you're an intrepid host that as soon as I figure out how to make Giovanni interactive, you're you're done. Just, just so you're tracking. Oh,
0: okay. As soon as, okay. as, soon,
1: as, soon as Giovanni is, becomes sentient, uh, it's over. Um, well, folks, we are back with a, another exciting episode. Uh, I am pumped about it. I know Dustin's pretty pumped about it. Uh, we get to fight some pretty badass chicks today, uh, and I definitely cannot wait. But before we get into that, Dustin, I think we need to do a Wait. That's right, folks. Last week was my wham. That's three exclamation points, not Dustin's one. Uh, we went a little uh, zany. We'll go with uh, a little, little off the beaten track. Uh, I picked Stuart from Minions, uh, and those of you that uh, caught the end of the episode, I kind of explained why I went there. Uh, honestly, folks, I drew a blank. Like we spend all of these episodes, you know, a little behind the curtain setup. You know, we, we we spend so much of our episodes getting ready for these fights and getting ready to, to talk about, you know, the characters' backstories and all of that uh, that we sometimes forget, oh, yeah, uh, I have to come up with a character before I get to that segment, uh, and I, like a dumbass, completely spaced it. So as I'm sitting there, I did that thing where you, like – uh, comedy like comedic movies back in like the 80s and 90s used to use the trope of like if you've got nothing else to say just look around in the room like i love lamp you know it never makes sense uh so i also looked around my home office and i found my wife had actually crocheted a minion for me Uh, and put him in a Superman costume. Now, it was not Stuart, but Stuart was definitely my favorite from the movie, so that is who I went with. Uh, Dustin, you want to read off our answers?
0: Ooh, yes, I would love to. So we have Olaf from Frozen, Toad from Mario, Rabbit Rabbits, and Gizmo from Gremlins, and then a late, Entry, we got Rico from Madagascar Penguins.
1: All right. So, those are all great answers. Uh, I I don't know if we should abide by the late uh, entry. I think, again, we go back to Dustin failing at the cybersecurity, the fact that we had some individual that may remain nameless, however, is likely the (laughs) best actor of our podcast. (coughs) Marvelous Joe uh, from the Dynamic Duel Guys. Uh, they actually dropped Rico. Now, now me personally, uh, I absolutely love Gizmo uh, from Gremlins. And the gift that was dropped in our Instagram was actually from Gizmo's second outing, Gremlins 2, uh, where he becomes badass Rambo Gizmo. Uh, and I think he would definitely give uh, Stuart a run for his money. Dustin, out of those answers, who do you think would be the best fighter for that?
0: So after watching the Super Mario movie, I got to go Toad because he was my favorite character in that movie. And my kids absolutely love him. So Toad.
1: Uh, Definitely the bravest of the Toadstools, right? Yeah, Keegan-Michael Key. What can't that guy do? I mean, I could literally (laughs) listen to that guy, like, narrate. He's, He's getting up there with, like... Morgan Freeman where you would kind of want him to narrate your life like he's taken over for Samuel Jackson where like that is the guy that you go to when Morgan Freeman's just too just regal right Uh, but thank you guys for the answers continue bringing them on we're gonna have another wham at the end of the episode Uh, but before we get to that which we all know that's really why you guys come here is the whams Uh, but we are going to get into our battle, which this week is Sarah Connor from Terminator versus Ellen Ripley from Aliens. Dustin, how excited are you to know that you are going to lose terribly to Ellen Ripley? Um, My
0: character fought multiple Terminators, one that can, like was made of liquid metal. I'm not that scared because I feel like a Terminator is much cooler and badder than some alien. Okay. So I'm pretty
1: confident. I'm pretty excited. All right. Well, I mean, yeah, she fought a Terminator, a, a Terminator at a time, one at a time. Ellen (laughs) Ripley has fought legions of aliens and beat the shit out of a queen, but we'll get into that later. As a matter of fact, Dustin, Maybe we should bring Gio on to explain what tail of the Cocoa Butter is.
2: Here at the Max Destruction podcast and at the Destruction Deli, we use the tail of the Cocoa Butter as a measuring device. Think about it like the UFC's tail of the Tape. The guys explain their characters' backgrounds, abilities, and equipment. And I use it to measure how many cannoli a person deserves. It's way more macho and 80s action than a stupid standard of measurement, don't you think?
1: Thank you, Gio. That was outstanding, as always. Uh, we really appreciate having the proprietor of the Destruction Delion. And I know Dustin is always very excited to hear you.
0: Oh, yeah. I love Gio. Gio is my best friend, I feel like. And
1: uh, yeah, it's just, it's such an honor to have him. It's funny that you say that because all I hear is you talking shit about him behind your back. But that's that's fine. You know what? <laughs> that's that's just how Dustin rolls, and you know that's why we have him around, ladies and gentlemen. He is he is unseemly. Uh, so we'll go ahead and get into this. Uh, I think I go first this week, uh, if I am not mistaken, with Ellen Ripley. So Ellen Ripley was a warrant officer who served aboard the USCSS Nostromo and one of the most experienced individuals known to survive encounters with different types of xenomorphs. So just so you guys are aware, I am stopping at Alien 3 uh, because honestly, I, once you get into Alien Resurrection, she becomes a superhero and completely outside the bounds of what we are going to go with here. Uh, so we are stopping with Alien 3. Uh, Ellen Ripley was born on October 8, 2092 at the Olympia Colony on Luna, Uh, had one daughter, Amanda Ripley, and sometime prior to 21, 22, was hired as a warrant officer for the Whalen yutani commercial hauler USCSS Nostromo. Ripley, with the rest of her crew, awoke from hypersleep chambers thinking they were done with their cargo haul duty, but found that they were woken to investigate an unknown signal coming from the moon, LV-426, the atmosphere of the moon damaged the ships. So the crew had to stay on the moon until repairs were complete. An away team consisting of multiple people on her crew left the ship to investigate the signal. They found a derelict ship broadcasting the signal. Ripley stayed on the shuttle to oversee the repairs. As the observer for the ground team status, uh, Concluded the 300 uh, derelict spaceship spacecraft, but their radio signal was cut off and the others had no idea what had happened to them. Ripley had told uh, the android at the time and mother, at, mother had partially decoded the alien transmission. Mother was the AI for the Nostromo. Uh, it appeared to be a warning of some kind. Later, Dallas and Lambert, two of the crew members, hurried an unconscious individual back to the Nostromo. Ripley refused to allow them to enter the ship, citing the quarantine protocol. See, if they had just listened to that, I'm just telling you. Despite this, uh, Ash, one of the crew members, opened the entrance and let the three of them inside, as well as a face hugger onto the ship. Ripley was later attacked by Lambert uh, for leaving them outside. so this kind of goes right into probably the greatest scene in sci-fi history, uh, which was when they tried to remove the face hugger that was firmly attached to the individual. They found out that it would kill or injure the individual, uh, and that it's, it's acidic blood could actually compromise the ship's hull. So they left him alone. Uh, the face hugger eventually fell off and everything was just great. Uh, while he was eating, however, uh, things happened when and did just things, meaning an alien crawled out of the man's rib cage through his chest. Again, let's go ahead and face facts. Probably not a great time for, you know, young Ken to have watched this film. However, probably one of the greatest things ever to have been seen. Uh, the alien quickly grew into what is known as a xenomorph now, uh, and hunted the rest of the crew. Uh, Being that Ellen Ripley is a badass, uh, she was able to evade the alien throughout its hijinks uh, and was able to uh, discuss with the crew how to get rid of it, which was really just to drop it out of an airlock. Uh, And they were actually able to do so, uh, and Ripley thought, oh, everything's just going to be fine. Uh, and went to hypersleep to go back home, uh, and then they were able to figure out uh, that wasn't the end of the story. Uh, When Ripley had gotten back home uh, aboard the Nostromo, uh, she was able to uh, Talked to the Whalen yutani folks about this thing that had been aboard, and of course, as is a terrible co- company, uh, tried to utilize it for what you know Xenomorphs would be utilized for—the military-industrial complex. Why not bring aliens back for that? Uh, but they hid that amongst a uh, another idea of sending Marines in uh, to a colony that had been terraforming a planet. Uh Utani totally knew that the planet had been overrun, but they were going to uh do it anyways uh to try to bring back the aliens. Uh, in order to study them Uh, this gets into aliens 2 which is by far the second best sequel ever created for a sci-fi film right behind uh, terminator 2 and i will go ahead and give you that dustin terminator 2 is the greatest sequel ever to have been created uh and i put that up against pretty much anything with the exception of probably empire strikes back however in aliens 2 ripley uh volunteers to go with the marines to kind of give them Uh, a way in and out of figuring out how to deal with the Xenomorphs. Uh, Some of the most badass scenes you've ever seen with plasma cannons and rifles and a young Bill Paxton, uh, all fighting these things uh, culminating in Ripley utilizing a loader kit, which is usually used for moving heavy materials to fight an alien queen and throw her ass out of the uh, airlock as it took off, thus destroying the threat forever. Or was it? Now, Ripley is, by all instances, a typical human woman. Uh, she is strong-willed. She gets really, She's really emotional. And when she does, she deals with it without interfering with her purpose and hands. She is a professional uh, and competent officer when it comes to flying ships and standard like logistical tactics. However, all of her experiences, so Ellen Ripley is. What I would say probably the most technically and tactically proficient individual dealing with xenomorphs there is uh, because of their ability to basically take on the uh, characteristics of whatever host that they lay eggs in. The xenomorphs are very much the alpha predators uh, of their time, Uh, but Ripley has dealt with them three different instances. She technically died, quote unquote, uh, once. Um, but was brought back again in a sequel that we're not going to talk about. Uh, Ripley is proficient in uh, firearms, uh, and for this match she will likely have her, we'll say, three-round burst uh, slug thrower, they call them 10 millimeter pistol, uh, and probably the load mover uh, mech suit that she was using will be available but she will not start with it And that my friend is Ellen Ripley.
0: You know I like how you said you are gonna give it to me that Terminator 2 is the best you know sci-fi sequel. You don't have to give me anything. the public knows
1: okay I don't know how much they know my friend but it's it's close. We'll go with aliens 2 is is a close second.
0: Mm, we'll see about that anyways um i'm just gonna hop into the true winner and true absolute monster of a lady that sarah connor is and um yeah so she her name sarah connor actor linda hamilton and also kind of Amelia clark at one point Height, 5'5". Five five. I'm going with Linda Hamilton, obviously. Weight 125 pounds. Movies, Terminator series, and the Terminator movies. Rank, I gave her one woman army because, let's face it, she is freaking awesome. First appearance was in the very first Terminator, and she was a target. Now, in this movie, she was not all that powerful. Basically, she played the damsel in distress the whole time. Uh, the the Terminator was sent back to kill her because she was going to have a son that would lead the resistance of the future. Well, they also sent back Kyle Reese, who basically played as her savior protector, fighting off the Terminator to try to keep history intact, to keep uh, John Connor from being born and everything like that. Later, you find out that He is actually the father of John Connor, so he was sent back to the past by his son, who is older than him, to save his mom and mate with her so he was born. It's really weird, but you know what? It's flipping cool, so we're just going to say whatever, you know? So then, um, basically, that's all that movie is, and I'm not going to get into it too heavy because we're talking about Sarah Connor here. And her role in that first movie, like I said, was basically damsel in distress. Her biggest accomplishment was after Reese died. She basically crawled as she was near death underneath this like press. And as soon as she got to the other side, she crushed the Terminator that was chasing her. And that is basically the first Terminator movie for Sarah Connor, at least. Now we get into the second movie. And in the second movie, we find out she is in a mental hospital because... She keeps talking about machine robots from the future that come back in time and try to kill her. And she has to train her son to be this, like, revolutionary leader and all this. So they're like, yeah, chick, you're flipping nutso. So they throw her into a mental hospital. Her son is in foster care. Well, again, a Terminator is sent back in the past. But this time, there are two Terminators. One good, One bad. And the one that is actually good is Arnold Schwarzenegger. The T eight hundred, the T one thousand is the bad guy, and it is a Terminator made out of liquid metal. Which for for the year that this came out, the CGI and everything looks freaking great. And seeing a sword come out of a dude's arm and him just morph into people and stuff was flipping just metal. As I'll get out, yeah. See what I did there, metal. Anyway. Uh- So he chases uh, John down, (laughs) the T-800 protects him, saves him. And then they go to save and rescue Sarah Connor, knowing that the T-1000's best bet is to go assume her identity to trick John so that he can kill John. And John's not standing for it. Finds out that he can order the T-800 and tell him what to do. He'd be like, Hey, lift one leg and stand there. And he does. He says, "Hey, we're going to rescue my mom. I order you." So what does he do? They go and flip and rescue her. So, oh, I I've been mistaken. I've been saying T800. I guess in that one, uh Arnold Schwarzenegger was a T101, I believe. Semantics, yeah. numbers, math, hard. I've done too much already today. So, they go there and the T1000 is there. He's trying to capture, trying to get it, get to her they're able to escape and that's where she goes to Mexico and you find out that this whole time that's like in between the first Terminator and the present Terminator 2 she has been stocking up weapons she has been planning she has been training she has done everything she can to prepare John for the future so she is like already met allies like I said she's stocked up like crazy uh, at one point John mentions that, she dated a former Green Beret just to get that extra training so that she could teach him. And she obviously taught him how to like pick locks and break into stuff and steal money so that they could survive and whatever. You see him, he's very smart with computers. He steals from an ATM at one point, And at another point, he breaks into a lab. So now we get back to Sarah. She finds out from T101 that... Or Uncle Bob, as John calls him, that this scientist guy is going to be the one responsible for Judgment Day. He's going to be the one that creates the chip and causes everything to go to hell. So Sarah decides, what if I just kill him? You know, kind of like that thought of like, if I could go back in time and kill Hitler, does the Holocaust happen? I don't know. So that's her plan. She goes to try to kill this man to stop him from ever creating the chip that creates the terminators um here you get to see her flipping as an expert marksman she would have shot him in the head if it wasn't for the dude's kid hitting him in the leg with a remote control car and he bends down as she shoots she blasts up the place goes in shoots him once and then she decides she cannot kill him because it's wrong and she's trying to kill him in front of his wife and kid and it's a little messed up john and t101 come and Save her in time or stop her just in time. And then this scientist decides he will go with them to stop the company that creates it. He's gonna help destroy the evidence. They go, they fight tons of police officers. Obviously, T1 is T101 is a big part in fending off the police officers and whatnot. But Sarah does her own thing as well. She's buff as hell, she has her shotgun, she's right there in the midst of the action doing what she needs to. And then we get to the end of the movie, the final fight against T-1000. And you got T-1000 who is insanely strong. Like I said, liquid metal. How do you kill this flipping dude? You shoot him, he just regenerates. You blow him into a hundred little pieces, he reforms. At one point he is cryogenically frozen and then shot and turned into a bunch of pieces. But as those pieces melt, he reforms and comes back to life. Eventually, Sarah stops him as he's about to kill her son and she would have done the final blow, I will say, because you can't flip and argue at this point. I will kill you Ken. Um, she blasts him with the shotgun multiple times and he is like an inch away from falling off a platform into this like molten boundary, like molten metal. But she runs out with one shot left. You know, she runs out and then T-101 is the one who does the final blow. Anyways, she nearly took down the T-1000 on her own at that time, using her environment to her advantage. And we do place these speculations in an environment. I'm just going to throw that out there. And that's kind of where I'm going to stop with Sarah, I will say. <clears throat> she obviously has been in other medias, and the reason I'm kind of capping off on Terminator 2 is, is because then it just gets into some weird alternate timelines. Like in one, she dies of leukemia a few years later in one, uh, a bunch of terminators are sent back in time right before she destroys the chip. So instead of it never happening, you got hundreds of terminators that got sent back in time. And then she, uh, which ends up killing John. And then she ends up spending decades hunting and killing terminators so, like she's, she, so if we go by that logic, she's fought Terminators for decades. So you're like, oh, she's fought a Terminator time. She fought them for decades, dude. She knows what she's doing. Now we'll get into the equipment. She has her Remington 870 shotgun, her Beretta 92FS pistol. Uh, I threw in from the television series, the Colt M4A1 assault rifle. She has trained her body as well as her mind to be ready for the impending doom of the future making sure to train her son. And again, she was trained by a former Green Beret. And that is why Sarah Connor is going to kick Ellen Ripley's butt.
1: Well, I would say that you did a good job, Dustin. But the problem is, is I don't think I have the time. That's right, my friend. That is the problem with Sarah Connor. Her one Achilles heel is everything always goes back to time. It's her destiny to do X. It's her destiny to do Y. Therefore, there's no point because she can't change any of the facts that happen. So, but, you know, that's fine. We'll, we'll roll with that. It'll probably be her time to die uh, when she fights Ellen Ripley. Uh, but before we get into that, we'll have Gio explain how we come up with the results of our matches. Geo.
2: Do you honestly think these idiots would be able to put their biases aside to come up with an answer to who would win? Absolutely not. So they did the next best thing. They stole a probabilistic model that a computer can use from the dynamic dual Jamooks. Using this model, the guys input a character's stats, such as strength, fighting style, and most importantly, humor. They run the model 1,000 times to decide a match. But think about listening to a computer do anything. It's stupid boring. So instead, the guys end up simulating a fight in an environment that will undoubtedly put my fifth generation establishment in harm's way. The simulated fight doesn't have any bearing on the results, but I guess to some it's funnier.
1: Thanks, Gio. That was outstanding. Even better than when Dustin does it. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. Even better than when Dustin does it. Uh,
0: That's right. Can't, you All can't, right, folks. Uh,
1: so we're going to go ahead and get – He is perfection. I will say that. That's fair. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and get into this yeah. fight. Dustin alluded to during his uh, breakdown that we do like to deal with environments, uh, which is a step up, I would say, uh, and Dustin definitely agrees Uh, with our dynamic dual brethren that we put them in an environment. Dustin, I'm going to let you go ahead and choose. And I think I already know where you're going to roll.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, maybe like some like industrial uh, rundown warehouse.
1: Maybe with like a smelting pit, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Of course, of course. Well, because Ripley's from the future, she'll probably feel like a little more right at home in a dilapidated you know, uh, warehouse. So we'll go ahead and throw it there. Now, Ripley and Connor don't have any idea who each other are. And I'm sure they're both like off the rails of having to deal with extraterrestrials and giant killer robots that look a lot like Arnold Schwarzenegger circa 1991. Uh, but I digress. Uh, Dustin, I kind of feel like Ripley is going to see Connor with all of her guns uh, and probably make the first move. So, without your uh, issue, I think Ripley will go first. Agree? Agree. All right, so Ripley is going to take one look at her and probably think she is from Weyland-Yutani or something like an android or something to come and kill her because she knows too much about their jobs. So instead of directly attacking her, Ripley is going to play to her strengths, which is run away. She is going to run into the industrial complex around the wires and the pipes and all that and hide, uh, trying to get a better vantage point of her attacker.
0: Okay. And Sarah's going to see her running and she's going to think ahead with her, you know, expert training. She's going to see her running away, trying to get some height or something. She's going to run off to the right and take some stairs. And as she goes, she's going to be turning on machines to create noise to distract
1: Ripley. That's fair. That's fair. Because Ripley definitely has never dealt with machine noise before. All right. So... Ripley is going to probably guess that this lady is definitely meaning business, just the fact that she has all the weaponry on her. So she's going to pull out her pistol, uh, and then she's going to slowly make her way towards where she would go uh, if she were trying to attack a wounded prey, uh, or you know something like the Xenomorphs probably would have done. So Ripley is going to crawl herself out trying to find a clean shot. And once she thinks she finds where shadows are moving or whatever, she's probably going to squeeze off a shot.
0: Okay. And then Sarah's going to hear where these shots are going to be coming from. And she's going to have her back against the, say like a wall or like a tank. And she's going to turn out firing her
1: pistol at the direction of the shots which is going to give away her position, which is exactly what Ellen wanted. Uh, so she is going to dip back underneath cover, uh, and skirt her way around to find where Sarah is hiding. And she's going to like leg sweep Connor down to the ground, hopefully knocking away her pistol.
0: Okay. And that is when Sarah is going to kick Ellen as she's on her back straight in Between the legs and sending her flying over Sarah's head so she can roll over and get back up.
1: Yeah, man, that probably hurt, you know, and I feel like the student's finally becoming the master, uh, slowly but surely. Uh, But it's okay, because Ripley's going to use this to kind of roll with the kick uh and instead of taking a shot at connor she's probably going to aim at the pipe that's next to her because she noticed that the symbology on it looks a lot like the liquid nitrogen tanks that she would use on her ships okay and this is
0: obviously going to cause sarah to have to back away um and as she does so she's going to pull out her remington shotgun and
1: squeeze off a couple of shots so here in the loud report of the shotgun, the 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 shotgun type weapons that her marines used. Uh, but I will say it's likely buckshot that's been hitting. Um, so we'll say Ellen probably takes some damage. Uh, so she's gonna you know cart off trying to find out what's going on. Uh, but as she does, she runs into a area where there's just a lot of hot liquid metal. And a dude starts coming towards her and she notices that his chest is starting to move. So she takes a shot at him, not caring what's going on. And instead of shooting him in the head, she shoots him in the junk, Boom! (laughs) got it. Uh, That was for all all my audience members out there. You knew it was coming. It was coming regardless. So, uh, so Ellen likely is, you know, going to have to deal with whatever happens next, but she knew she had to take that shot.
0: Okay. So, At this point, uh, Sarah heard this shot and a man scream like he lost his manhood. And she's going to take aim with her M4 and just start full auto blasting down from
1: the upper staircase towards Ellen. Ellen's going to dodge out of the way again. This time a little slower, so probably taking at least around like to the shoulder or something. But as she does so, she's gonna roll forward, grabbing the chain that is holding up the structure that Connor is standing on, pulling it down, bringing Connor down to her level, and she is going to attempt to kick her into the smelt.
0: Okay, so Connor's gonna fall backwards, she's gonna try to catch herself. As she does so, I'll say she has to drop her gun from the whole fall and everything, burns her hand on the side of the, 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 the railing, gets flipping mad, and then comes at Ellen Ripley, kicking her in the chest, and then going for an elbow to the face.
1: So she is going to take the elbow as it's coming at her and use her inertia behind her to hit throw uh, Sarah Connor and then bring a knee right to her throat Ooh, okay so this is going to flip and
0: hurt so as she sees this knee coming down she's going to have to try to block her throat the best she can and shove the knee to the side and as she does she's
1: going to gut punch Ellen Ripley which is likely going to stagger her uh, backwards likely burning her hand on the smelt as she's doing it That then she realizes the only way she's going to end this match is to take Connor and throw her into the smelt. So she is going to come running at her with all of her strength left, going for the kill by picking her up, because she's a pretty strong lady and Sarah Connor's not that real that big and attempt to throw her into the smelt ending the match.
0: Okay, so I'm gonna say rather than her being able to throw her before she's able to, Sarah's going to Come down with her elbow on the collarbone of Ellen Ripley, causing her to drop her. And then she is going to take one last blast with the
1: shotgun, blowing Ellen in half. Wow, that was dark. You didn't have to take it that far, Dustin. I always do. I know, I know. And that's that's why I care and deeply respect the fact that you are my co-host, my friend. (laughs) <laughs> all right so that was a hell of a match uh definitely really thinking about my my chances were pretty slim when it came to uh ripley's abilities uh combat wise but i definitely feel like she probably made up for it with uh, the way she presented herself Uh, But before we get into the results, Dustin, we'll have Gio on one more time to talk about the destruction
2: spectrum. The destruction spectrum, or as I like to call it, the insurance adjuster's notes. The guys take each character's destruction potential and decide on a scale of 1 to 5. Really, it's all about how much damage they do to my deli. Since you guys think it's hilarious, I guess I'll just keep switching insurance companies. There is certain to be a ton in New York, right?
1: Thanks, Gio. Really appreciate it. And again, sorry for everything Dustin does to your deli. Yeah, he'll forgive me. That's fair. All right, Dustin. So these two ladies uh can pack a punch when they need to. Uh where do you think they fall on the spectrum? Okay, so we actually have some weapons, have some
0: damage. I'm going two point five. I'm I'm saying that deli's getting blown up a little bit, some meat's going like places and Possibly some people are dying from collateral damage.
1: I'd say it's very possible, and I would agree this is definitely a two and a half. I think it really depends on that that little other half for the three would depend on whether or not Ripley has her otter loader or not, because it's basically just a mechanized exoskeleton, which in itself is pretty badass. Uh, But yes, I would agree, and again, Gio, we are really sorry about your insurance premiums. Sorry, not sorry. I'm sorry at all. <laughs> all right, Dustin. So I think we can fully figure out these results. Let me go ahead and pull them up. Obviously, we both think our characters won. Dustin, I'll give you one more chance, though, to come over to the right side. Do you think Ellen Ripley won this match? Oh, hell no. Thanks. All right, You're so, all right. so the, <laughs> the results of this match are in. The results, over a 1,000 matches, end up being sarah connor sarah mm-hmm. connor won the match 57.6 percent to ellen ripley's 42.4 so a lot closer than i thought it was going to be again i feel like maybe the technical and tactical prep prowess of connor really brought her over but i feel like ripley was probably more versatile she had less to to, to be able to fight with and she had to fight aliens so we we definitely give some kudos to ripley it's only the humor which is what's really the most important part uh, to our podcast and i know you agree with that oh yeah most uh, du- definitely dustin want to go ahead and flip for our next fight sure all right my friend We are getting down to the wire of this season, which, by the way, folks, if you guys didn't know, we are only doing 20 episodes for the first season. Then we're going to take a little break to kind of retabulate. Uh, So we're getting down to it, my friend. I can't wait to see what happens. But this next fight is going to be the third instance of Arnold Schwarzenegger on our list. John Matrix from Commando versus Robocop. Okay. Okay. All right, my friend. So I am going to go ahead and flip for it. call it in the air. Go. Hey. It is heads. God damn it, Dustin. You need to stop winning. Yeah. This, this is not fun. It's not fun anymore. You need to stop winning. All right, Dustin, who you got? I am going sure. with RoboCop. Nice, nice. All right, so that means I get Commando himself, John Matrix, and I honestly can't wait because there are so many more puns in this one uh, that we haven't even gotten to yet, so super excited. Uh, But before we get out of here, Dustin, you owe our audience a wham. That's right, and bringing you that wham.
0: Wham. I got uh i'm going with haru now who is haru he is the
1: beverly hills ninja chris farley the great white ninja himself haru i cannot wait it is probably one of my favorite chris farleys which is saying something considering it was probably the worst of his movies but i think i really loved it more so because robin shu was also in this film uh and i absolutely love uh, mortal Kombat so great choice my friend Uh, go ahead and we'll throw them up on the instagrams to see where people lay down for Haru the great white ninja do you have anything else to say before we get out of here
0: uh just that Ken was wrong Sarah won suck it
1: I'll take this I'll take this to heart and bring it to our next fight my friend uh and understand this you were replaceable (laughs) with that folks We'll see you next time. Keep on keeping on.
0: Fantastic. Also, he's holding up what looks like a crocheted minion with a Superman costume. Is that right? Oh yeah. Yes. That oh is man, that is fantastic. That is, that is that is really cool, actually. So um, yeah. Anyway, um, now now I'm naked. Now I'm now I'm scared. I'm scared. Anyways, uh, Terminator for the win next week. So uh, suck it, Ellen Ripley.